Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. It's the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel's back with me. Men's, how are you today? I'm going well, Bonds. It's good to be back on a Thursday afternoon, and it's not too hot. It's been cooking, and it will get there, but the last couple of days have been a bit nicer. Apparently, it's 40 next Tuesday. Yeah, it said 43 yesterday. It's really? been doled back to okay. 38 or something. I mean, Bombs had a few misses in the past, so yeah. we'll see what happens. You can be part of the show on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line, one 736 or text in 0427-154-166. It's been a good day for our man, Travis Head. Uh, let's Great get day. straight into it. The hot topic, thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. It has been a really good day for Travis Head and, and for the Aussies when they've taken the ball for the second time because... The Windies, they made 188 in their first innings. Australia, in reply, 283. So if you look at that statistically on the screen, 283 against the West Indies bowling attack is not a great score. No. But Travis Head was a major factor for that. He scored 119. And no other cricketer, no other player in this match has scored over 50. So it shows how good that innings was from Travis. And in reply, at stumps, West Indies 6 for 73. Still trailing by 22 runs. Hope you didn't buy tickets for day four. Let's have a listen to Trav's 100. Motty Bowles, head, gets a full ball, driving through the offside. Out to the boundary for four. And for the second time, Travis Head gets a century. In his own backyard here at Adelaide Oval. A seventh overall. The first time since the World Test Championship final. And in consecutive test matches against the West Indies here at home. He raises his bat and celebrates three figures. He's a hero here. He's a hero around the country. As this career just keeps getting better and better. What an un- unbelievable good call f- of, uh, from our man, Adam White. And just like magic, he has appeared in the studio. Whitey, welcome. G'day, boys. How are you? Great. I just made sure that Sam just we made, had that highlight set up just for me. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, uh, yeah. Like running through a banner. Yeah, he told me that you queued it all yeah, up. That's and exactly Yeah, right. that's what you wanted to have. Exactly. Hey, great to have you here in Adelaide. Likewise. And um, appreciate you coming down after working all day and still got a bit of work to do. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's not going to be much oh. work to do over the weekend, well, is there? So we may as well, we well, may as well do a few extra was, uh, minutes now. That was going to be one of my first questions. Did you uh, you book to go back on on Monday or Sunday? Is going to well, spend that's some... the plan. Is right. The way the flights are worked out, you we have flexi flights going back, so it could change. Right. I think we're booked to go back out on Monday morning. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, I can play cricket on Saturday. Uh-huh. So I'm very excited to get him back. We've got a big game, our team. So wow. okay. I was going to let them down by not playing, but I can now. So we'll be back sometime tomorrow. Interesting, because Bonds, I did uh, SEM with Whitey yes. last week and a couple of weeks ago. And one thing I learned pretty quickly, just like yourself, he loves his golf. So actually my question was going to be, now that they might finish a little bit early, you might be able to stay and play at a couple of courses, but it sounds like you've got a could, bigger yeah. commitment. I could have uh, thought of that probably in, and taken my clubs across and on the thought that it might have been an early finish. Although I did a few years ago um, when, oh, I think it was the first ever time there was a day-night test match here between Australia and New Zealand. Yes. We took our clubs across and I got to go and play at Royal Adelaide, which is still one of the highlights of my life to play nice. on that golf course. I yeah. think it's one of the best golf courses I've ever seen. And uh, it was a real privilege to play there. So we got up really early and we played and had some lunch and then- Beautiful. Just wandered into the cricket before the first ball, and away we went. It was fantastic. Right, uh, you're. You said you're a cricketer. Who you, who do you play for, and, and uh, what do you yeah. what do you do? Uh, I play for this year. I play for Q, so yes. more in a, a coaching role in sub district cricket in yeah. Melbourne. But uh, I was lucky enough uh, when I was younger to play over in England a few times, right. and um, um, with work, it's always been really hard to to play cricket and. Mm be a broadcaster or work in sports media because so much of the sport is played on weekends. So that's made it hard to, to not only play sort of full seasons of cricket, yes. but also train. So I've got a chance to go back and play for my local club that I play junior cricket with and um, sort of tried at other times to play more seriously. But at the moment I'm you know, enjoying a coaching role, which is um, good to sort of give back to, to, you know, to people that have looked after me through my career. I'm 46 years of age now, and I'm playing with kids that are 15 and 16, which is quite terrifying, really. And still playing at 46, well yeah. done to you. I'd love to still be playing, but uh, the body said no. The body uh, says no to me all the time. Yeah. So I, still, I still keep trying. <laughs> Let's talk about Travis Head. A magnificent yeah. century, again, in front of his home crowd. He loves the Adelaide Oval, uh, but it was a sp- pretty special knock, wasn't it? Yeah, look, it was. And as, as Men's just said before, one of the things about Travis's knock that was so impressive is that he made batting still look pretty easy when everyone else has really struggled on the on the wicket. Now, um, he rides his luck. Um, there was quite a few times where he inside edged the ball onto his pads that could have easily gone back onto his stumps. There was one particular one that he edged back onto his heel that could have gone back onto the stumps. But that's the way he plays. He always rides his luck, but he plays positively. Um, if he sees a ball he thinks he can hit for four, he does. And I think that does bring a lot of confidence into the entire group. The game is always moving forward while he is out there. And the bowlers and the fielding team know it. They can see it starting to slip away. Just when it looked like the West Indies were really in the game, it was head that took it away from them. And if you look back at his career now for Australia, most of his seven test centuries have come when his team has really needed it. It's not like he's coming out at three for right. 280 or three for 360 and making an easy hundred. He makes them when others haven't been able to do it. And I think that is going to potentially be the legacy on his career. I know there's still a long way to go, but I think we'll remember that more than anything else with Travis Head. It's a super point you make because when we heard that call, then you said seventh overall test hundred. 
it makes you think, and I haven't thought, surely he's scored more test hundreds than that. But I, it feel, I feel like it's because he has stood up in the big moments that that is why it's so recognisable that, okay, Travis scored a lot of runs and a lot of important runs. And he's only hit seven test hundreds. It's As you just mentioned then, it just feels like in the big moments, he's been the man that has really stood up. And it's probably why his career, he hasn't made as many hundreds as maybe what most people might think. Yeah, and he's made other scores as well in the 90s and some 60s and 70s as well. And as I said before, the thing with... Travis is that if he's out there for any more than an hour, it's an innings that you kind of remember because it's it's a it's an innings um, of real consequence. And you know, I I love Travis Head. I don't know Travis Head personally. I know a few of the others, but I, I don't know Travis Head personally. But I've thought for a long time that he was going to be the next captain for Australia. And the reason being is that he and this is well before he did what he did in the World Cup and what he did you know in the World Test Championship, Ashes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he does tend to be someone that thrives on the big moment and thrives on performing when others aren't. And the one player that I think of when I think of Travis Head, not so much his batsmanship, but just his presence in the team is Alan Border. Alan Border did that through the 80s and into the early 90s, is that when when it was tough, he stood up. And that was what he was remembered for. And I reckon that's how we'll remember Travis Head. Um, I'm glad you answered it. My next question was going to be, is Travis Head going to be the next skipper of Australia? So as you just said, then he stands up in the big moments and he's probably the obvious choice. Yeah. And look, he's done. And, and again, it's not just what he does for Australia. I, as you know, men's I do, um, I've covered the, the Sheffield Shield for a long time. He was captain of South Australia at what, 21. Yep. Um, he often scores big hundreds for South Australia again, when his team's under pressure, um, South Australia haven't had a lot of team success in the last you know decade or so, but that, that hasn't been because of Travis Head. He's still stood up in a team that hasn't got a lot of other really good players around him. Um, but even for the strikers, you know, again, same thing. Um, he, he would often stand up uh, for his team when it looked like games were slipping away. It's not just the New Year's Eve game where he scored the 100. Yes. There's been other opportunities or other moments where he's really done it as well. So um, to me, that's leadership. We had Talia McGrath up in the box with us today, and I'm, I'm, I'm a massive Talia McGrath fan. And she was talking before about how she feels that she plays better when she's captain. And she says she doesn't, she's not someone that talks a lot. She's, she's uncomfortable talking in front of the group and she doesn't often know what to say, but she knows what to do. Yep. And that's what she does on the field. And others stand taller with her around because of what she does when she's a leader. A huge reason why the Adelaide Strikers women's team has gone back to back in the big bash. Now, we know that, look, Australia, the West Indies are sick for 73. They trial by 22 runs. Australia will win this test match. What will be the wash up, though, of Steve Smith opening in May 12? And Cam Green comes in at four and makes 14. Well, I think we've got to be fair to both of them, and we can't make snap judgments based on one innings, um, particularly with the Adelaide Oval pitch playing the way it has. Um, but it's no good start. No. And, I, and I think in all seriousness, this is an experiment, what is happening, not just with Smith, but also with Cameron Green. And I think less with Cameron Green than with Steve Smith, because Cameron Green averages around about 60 in, in Sheffield Shield cricket, batting at number four West, for Western Australia. So this debate around, oh, you know, the selectors didn't reward Sheffield Shield runs yep. because of the Bancroft discussion. Okay, that's that's fair, but it's a bit selective because they have actually rewarded what Cameron Green has done over a long period of time in Sheffield Shield cricket in number four. But my concern is more with Steve Smith. It was more the dismissal. It's the same way he's got out quite a few times this summer in playing at a ball that he would not often play at or not previously play at. And getting caught behind the wicket is not something that Steve Smith has done a lot. 
Now he sets an incredibly high bar with what he's done over his career. So we do we do judge him really, really harshly. But if we're just judging him on is he at his best at the moment, the answer is not. So to put him into a tougher position to do well, opening the batting, I think makes him a little vulnerable. So you know, I'd like to see the West Indies get even at 80, 100 in front just yep. to give him another Same. opportunity to go out there and, and see what he does. I think you're right that yeah, we don't want to jump on one innings. Did the Aussie selectors miss a trick by you know, we were talking about Travis Head being the next captain? There was a chance for them to make him ODI captain and they went back to Steve Smith. Is that an error? I was surprised by that. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was an error, but I was surprised. Great by opportunity. That. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. And, I, and I think one thing that, that, that I've learned through uh, our famous uh, temper text here at SEN, <laughs> yes. whether it be here or whether it be back in Melbourne, is there is still um, a fair bit of discontent around the old guard of the Australian cricket team because of the sandpaper situation. And we know that because of, um, you know, when we started talking about David Warner's legacy, so many went back to the sandpaper situation. Yes. And then with the Bancroft non-selection, so many went back to the sandpaper situation. And I still think that's a bit the same with Steve Smith as well while he's still there. And no one can, um, no one at all, I think, can question his ability as a batsman. Um, and, and I think even as a leader, I think that you learn all the time. You can make a mistake. And, you know, I think he clearly learnt and paid for his mistake. But I just feel for the future of Australian cricket, this was a real opportunity to go to the future with Travis Head as captain of the one-day team. That would be what I would have done personally. Couldn't agree more. Uh, We are here for Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. Uh, Coming up soon, Menz has got his top of the tree. Thanks to Lumo Energy, switch to the affirmative. And later in the show, we are going to speak to Shooter. Megan Shooter will join us, uh, courtesy of Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. You're on the summer edition of Sports ASA. The all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA, Bonds, Men's and Whitey. That's, well, that's not a bad, trio. That's not a bad right. trio, does yeah, it? Yeah. Happy with that. You can be part of the show as well on the Nutrient Ag Solutions open line, 1300 736 736, or text in 0427 154 166. Going further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Mans, it's time for your top of the tree. Thanks to Toolkit Depot, everything you need to get back to work. I'll take it in, but don't look down. I'm on top of the world. So it's been a few weeks since we've done the top of the tree, which is the best teams in Australian sport. So across the NBL, the A-League, the WNBL, the A-League W, the ABL and the W and the BBL. So six sports. I've got the top 10 teams, power rankings in order. So two teams that are very stiff to miss this rankings. I've got the Perth Heat in the ABL right. just out. And the Wellington Phoenix, who actually are equal top of the A-League. I haven't got them in my top 10. Teams in Australia. Unlucky. That's all right. They're from New Zealand. <laughs> well, it's actually a great point that Whitey makes. They play an Australian competition, but it's a great point. So at number 10, I've gone with the Brisbane Bandits in the ABL. They have a 22-14 and 14 win-loss record. They're second on the table. For mine, they're clearly the second best team. Yep. At number nine, I've got the Townsville Fire in there. That is the WNBL. Now, they are 
top of their league with a 151-point differential in their league. So probably the best side in their competition. At number eight, I've gone with the Melbourne victory. They're equal top of the A-League. Six wins, six draws, zero losses. Very impressive. They're my number eight side. Number seven, I've got Melbourne City women's team. They are five points clear on top in the A-League W. So a couple of A-League sides in there, which takes us to our top six. Now, I found this really difficult, the top six. These ones here, I could have split them, but this is the order I went. At number six, I've gone the Perth Scorchers in the BBL. Now, we know this might change over the next week because the finals are about to start. The Scorchers finished in third position on the table. I flirted with putting them up higher because of what they've done for such a long period of time. But I've gone with them at six, which leads me to another Perth team at five, the Perth Wildcats in the NBL. They are, for mine, easily the second best side in the NBL as we stand. Agreed. Which leads me to the top four. At number four, the Brisbane Heat in the BBL. They finished top of the table but I don't have them as my best side in the BBL currently. They're number four, which leads me to the Sydney Sixers at number three. I just think that with the players that have gone out of the Brisbane Heat, the Sixers will beat them in the first final and will go straight through to the final. It's why I've got the Sixers at three, which leads me to the top two teams. These two teams have featured all season long. At number two, it's the Adelaide Giants in the ABL. I'm sorry, Bonds. They're not my number one side yet. 25 even and 11. the jumper tonight. I am. I am. They are <laughs> sensational. I think they'll win the... ABL in a couple of weeks' time. But at number one, it's the Melbourne United in the NBL. They have a 16-5 and win-loss record. They still, for mine, are the clear best side in the NBL, and it's why I've got them at number one. Whitey and Bonds, tear it apart. What do you think? You go, Bonds. You go. Uh, look, I just think you should have gone back and had a look at Melbourne United losing to Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they can have an aberration. That's okay. <laughs> it happens in sport. Adelaide Giants lost to Canberra Cavalry when they played in one game, and that wasn't good. So the power rankings, are they based on on now or based over a period of time? They are based on currently how they're going, but you still take into account their squad, potentially how they've performed in finals in the past, which is why I'll put the Sixers ahead of the Heat. Um, But it's also why the Scorchers are easily in there and the Wildcats have done it for such a long time as well. Yeah, so I think for me, the Brisbane Heat are a really interesting um, case because they have been the most unreliable team almost in Australian sport for the last five or six years. But somehow they've found a way to find some level of consistency. Their issue is going to be their top five are out now for the finals. I think when you think of the Wildcats, the Scorchers and the Sixers, I reckon those particular teams in summer sports, they are the teams that for the last five or six years – other teams try to copy Yep. when it comes to culture, when it comes to consistency, when it comes to executing under pressure. Yep. It is quite remarkable that the Sixers and the Scorchers are always there in a competition that's supposed to be amazing. fairly even. It is. It's amazing that they just back it up year but, yeah. in, year out. Uh, I think that Melbourne United has gone past the Wildcats now in terms of the NBA. And look, maybe that's because they've got a guy like Della Vadova and a few other guys in there. that Their squad's better. Correct. It is. Um, but in terms of why he's right, in terms of culture, you know those teams are going to be yeah. up there. And so so it, it is, it's what will happen is those rankings will change next week because we know that one of these teams will get knocked out in the big bash in the, in the effectively the prelim final at worst. Correct. Melbourne United have been a, an interesting team. Dean Vickerman's done an outstanding yes, job now over a coach. long period of time. And, um, but he has had some fluctuations and a lot of that he's got to do with roster. I mean, yes. you think of basketball, the teams do tend to change quite significantly year to year. So I would imagine for a basketball coach, that would be hard to keep that consistent culture going when it's changing all the time the roster.
Giants Great. maybe one next week. We'll see. Yeah, uh, they've, not got a, happy with they've got a guy. They've got a guy called uh, Chris Golding who goes all right yeah, as well. That's uh, all right. Megan Shoot coming up later in the show. Thanks to Aussie Made. Look for the logo. Be sure it's Aussie. We'll have our weekend headlines for Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. And your calls and texts. The Just Quality Home Improvers open line one three hundred seven three six seven three six or oh four two seven one five four one double six. Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzelman. Adam White is with us this afternoon, joining us all the way from the Adelaide Oval. We'll be back soon. The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA and you can be part of the show. The Just Quality Home Improvements open line is 1300 736 736. Give us a call or text in 0427 154 166. Expert in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawn and roof restorations. Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzel and Adam White with you, our special guest. Um... Let's get into our Australian Open update, men's thanks to Panasonic Air Conditioning with Nano EX Air Purification. Yeah, we'll start with yesterday's results or last night's results. So the, the Joker was too good for Alexi Popper in four sets, though. He's gone to four sets he in took both a set of off his him. opening matches, the Joker. So got it in four sets. Jeez, the Demon looks good. Alex Demon all won in straight sets. 6-3, six, 6-love, three, six, 6-3 six, over Alnardi from Italy. So that's been impressive. Hey, keep an eye out on this young female. She's 16 years of age from Russia. Mira Andreeva, she beat Ons Jabur, who's six in the world, 6-love, six, 6-2. She's only 16 years of age. I think she'll go far in this tournament. Okay. Sabalenka, the number two in the world, won in straight sets as well. A couple of games from today, Kaspar Ruud, he went to five sets against Max Purcell, one in the tiebreaker. So you know how now they don't have to win by two games, so it's yes. a tiebreaker. They go to 10. He won 10 to seven in the tiebreak. So a close call for Kaspar Ruud. Same with Alex Zverev, the number six in the world, also won seven, six in the tiebreaker in the fifth set. To advance, Iga Swiatek, she's too good. She beat Danielle Collins in three sets, the number one in the world. You love saying that name. I she do. was gone. She was gone. She was. She really <laughs> was. Um, and she has been She's been the best te- women's tennis player the last few years. So she's one that you expect just to go through, and it's a great point, Whitey. She somehow got the job done. Currently, Carlos Alcaraz is uh, live at the moment. He, he's up two sets to one, but he's been pushed by Sanego from Italy. So that's a snapshot of the old open. A couple of games tonight to watch out for Bonds. Tanasi Kokonakis plays Dimitrov tonight. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just started, actually. Literally just started. Holger Rune, our man, Whitey. He yeah, man. also he's is about man. to kick off at Margaret Court Arena. Uh, Danil Medvedev also plays tonight, and Ayla Tomjanovic is on tonight against Ostapenko. So a few really good games to tune into tonight. It's been good watching. We're here for your local tyre power hot summer sale. Get four for the price of three on Kumo Tyres. Tyre power helping you drive safe this summer. Mans, it's time for our weekend headline. Thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au.
Now, our weekend headline is we give you a certainty, we give you an upset for the weekend, and we give you a prediction. So, Whitey, you're involved with this as well tonight. Yep. Um, so, uh, I think we let Whitey go first. You can have we? the new ball. Yeah. Coming from the cricket. Well, what is your well, certainty, Whitey? Well, my certainty is that Australia will win the test. He's got it. Well, Did you, you think about that one walking across the bridge? <laughs> you asked for a certainty. So uh, I will go with uh, that one as my certainty. It's a fair point. You yeah. might be right. <laughs> Bonds, what have you got for your certainty? Uh, the 36ers will beat the Hawks and win both road games this weekend. As a certainty. As a certainty. I like the confidence in the 36ers. My certainty is the Adelaide Giants, they play tonight, will win one game of the four-game series, at least to sure up top spot. And what they will do is they'll rest players off the back of that. They will. That is certain to happen. The Giants will finish on top of the ABL Probably tonight. That was my other certainty. <laughs> uh, right. Upset. Whitey, yes. what's your upset? My upset is that there will be someone they'll be talking about as being the favourite to win the Australian Open in the women's draw that currently is not the favourite. So it's, uh, it's uh, Swetek is clearly the one yep. that is, uh, you know, the, the bookies' favourite. Yes. Um, but I think Coco Goff is a bit of a sleeper. Um, she said during um, the build-up to the Australian Open, she expects to win at least ten Grand Slams. Um, she has, and, and, but for some reason, she goes under the radar. She's the reigning U.S. Open champion. I think she's the best tennis player in the world from a, a female perspective at the moment. Uh, you can still get good odds, uh, gamble responsibly, of course. But uh, I think of all the headlines that will emerge over the weekend, Coco Golf will be getting a lot of those headlines from Melbourne Park. It's a very interesting upset. She has won the one Grand Slam US Open. She is still only 19 years of age. She is. Bonds? My upset is that the Buffalo Bills oh. will beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I like that one. Yeah, I agree with they you. They are at home. So yes. it is a it isn't bizarre one in terms of the Chiefs being favourites off the back of Mahomes. But you're right, if you're going on form. The Bills are the informed mm. team. I, do, I think that's that's a great upset. It is an upset, though, isn't it? It's still it, an upset. If the Bills get over the Chiefs, that's an upset. It is, which mine is a little bit similar. So I've okay. gone with the Wellington Phoenix to inflict Melbourne Victory's first loss of this season. I oh, like that, too. They're at three bucks. They are equal on the table in the A-League, but I think no, no team goes undefeated in any sport. No. So I think Wellington will knock off the victory in the A-League. Prediction time, Whitey. Prediction time. You two go first for the prediction because I'm not sure what the prediction is versus what we've just done. Sure. So. All right. My prediction is Darcy Short will be the highest scorer for the strikers against the Scorchers. That's so he will be the he will make the most runs. He loves batting in Perth, and he will be the highest scorer. So you've gone against Matt Short. Yes. Bizarre. Darcy. Matt can't do it every game. Well, you can do it every game, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think Darcy will go. At least one run better. That's a bold prediction. I like it. Uh, my prediction, I'm going to go very accurate in this as well. The Breakers, the New Zealand Breakers, mm. will beat the South East Melbourne Phoenix by at least 27 points <laughs> in the end. They're on one leg, the Phoenix. Yes, they are. But 27's a big head start. Mm. So 27 okay. or more 27. points, the Breakers will win by. Okay. Okay. My prediction is slightly different. My prediction is... So today, Matthew Nix and Scott Burns spent the day with the Australian cricket team behind, uh, not so much behind closed doors, but with Andrew McDonald and, and working out how it does. My prediction is that that will be over-analysed by everyone 
and that everyone will be talking about Matthew Nix and all the secrets he got from Andrew McDonald and all the reasons why now that the Adelaide Crows will make the finals as a result of him spending a day with the Australian cricket team. So when the Crows are 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh next year, it'll come out that they spent a day with the Australian cricket team and that's why they're going to win the flag. All the secret culture. Yes. So, I love that. You know, all the herbs and spices and all that sort of thing. And you watch, you watch, it'll be in the papers tomorrow. It'll be uh, all over the the news. Matthew Nick spending the day with Andrew McDonald and all the, the special things that he learned as a result of it. It wouldn't surprise me if they actually do make the finals, the Crows, whether that's mentioned as well. Remember back in the Adelaide <laughs> Test match and Matty Nick's went yep. in with the cricket? Oh, yeah. It's, I love that. Well done, Marty. <laughs> that's but, a good one. Bit cynical, but yeah. There's our weekend headline. Um, we should talk about the 36ers quickly yep. before we get on to... We want to talk about why it's not a day-night test in Adelaide. Um, the Sixers had a massive win last night, 110 to 85. They led by 28 points at halftime, men's. They scored 68 points in the first half. Jeez. They were flying. Um, our uh, Isaac Humphreys, again, had a great game. He's clearly the best big man in the competition. 25.7 rebounds. And Kyron Galloway had his... Best, a career-high 23 points and seven rebounds. He was outstanding as well. I asked you this the other night, and I said the fact that they lost against the Cairns when they were in a winning position, yep. will that potentially cost them players? It might. You look at it now, you feel like it might because they have got a really good run on. They're one game behind the Hawks. Yes, they played a couple more games mm. than them, but the NBL is such a wide-open competition this year. Again, I think United's clearly one and Wildcats are clearly two, but after that, three down to ten, there's only three games, three winning games separating them. And often a basketball team will get on a run late in the season yep, and point. win games, get some momentum outside of the, the obvious top two chances. Yep. Uh, but it is a raffle as to who that team would be. It really is. Uh, just quickly on the BBL, so the finals yes. coming up. So I just want a couple of predictions from you guys. So we know that the game got washed out last night between the Renegades and the Thunder, which means that the Thunder, from their 10 games, only one win this season. Now, they had two games that weren't played, but that means seven losses. They finished bottom, the Renegades seventh, the Stars sixth, and the Hurricanes fifth, which means that we have the Brisbane Heat taking on the Sydney Sixers, Whoever wins that goes through to the final. Who do we like in that matchup? Whitey? I like the Sixers. I think they'll go the whole way from here. Um, I think the fact that they got the win the other night, I think they can beat the Heat. Yep. Um, neutral territory almost on the Gold Coast. Yep. With all those That's players. Great point, actually. Neutral territory. Yeah, Gold Coast yep. is neutral territory. Yep. And the Gold Coast, and uh, Brisbane missing all those players. I think the Sixers are coming right at the right time. Do you see it any differently, Bond? Nope. I agree. I think the Sixers will be too good. The Scorchers take on the Strikers. Who do you think, Whitey? No, I think the I think the Scorchers will win that. I know that's not going to be popular in here, but I just feel that the Scorchers just have a bit too much depth for the yep. for the Strikers. Now that must be what must be said is I didn't think the Strikers would beat the Scorchers in that other game um, here mm. at Adelaide Oval, and and they were able to do that. So it proves on their day they can without doubt. But I, I feel it in a cutthroat game and too much is left to too few with the strikers. And being over there too makes Correct. it very tough. I agree. I think the Scorchers, unfortunately. No Jamie Overton as well. Massive. Most wickets in the tournament. That really does hurt. Yeah. So again, Matt Shaw has to get on a run. Darcy Short as well. Weatherwood's been in good form, but they're hard to beat over there. So then do we think that the Scorchers and the Sixers play off in the final then? Do we think the yeah, Heat go I out think... in straight sets? Yep. I do. Yep. I do think that. Yeah. Which is Wednesday next week is the final of the Big Bash. Right. Why do you spoke to Nick Hockley today at the, yep. at the cricket and he spoke about the day-night test and why it wasn't a day-night test in Adelaide? Do you want to give us a little bit yeah, of info so, about that? So a lot of it had to do with scheduling. Because of the World Cup, everything got pushed back. So the Pakistan Test Series didn't start until 
too late for Adelaide to have their normal test in the early part of December. Now, the reason it was chosen that it would be a day test match here is largely through scheduling so that the Big Bash final series can be played at night or there can be a, the lead-in to that. And then next week, because... Um, now, this is my view on this. Because the Brisbane the Brisbane test is a day-night one as the latter one because it will go up against the tennis. So the tennis on Channel 9... Uh, cricket on Channel 7. So it's a bit of a, I think, a half volley outside of stump for Channel 7 to have a, a test match up against the finals in the tennis, whereas still in the first week of the tennis, you've got a test match in Adelaide, but you've still got important BBL matches played yes. through the week into the weekend. So I think that is one of the reasons they've done it. Um, I personally believe that Adelaide will get their day-night test match back next summer. And for the next two, you've got India into England. So two massive matches um, I just can't see how it's going to be any other way. Although what I will say is that the first two days here for uh, Australia versus the West Indies have been, I think, very, very well attended. The crowds have they been have, amazing. Yeah. For a Wednesday, for, Thursday, that's the thing, a Wednesday start. to get 20,000 plus, 25, 25, yep. something like that, it's been you know hats off to the Adelaide crowds, which always love their test match. They do. And that's more my question, why, why have we started this on a Wednesday and not actually going to have any cricket come the weekend? But... One question for you, Whitey, on that. You mentioned the second test being the day-night test in Brisbane. What are people watching? What are you watching if it is day four of the day-night test or if it goes that long or the men's final in the tennis, Australian oh, Open? Well, you're probably watching both, aren't you? I mean, I'm, I'm one that tends to flick between the two, yep. um, much to my wife's frustration. But I, I do think you do – I mean, the cricket might be going through a bit of a lull, so yep. you go to the tennis – but it might be early in a set in the tennis, so you go back to the cricket. So that that would be how I would answer that question. Um, but cricket does outrate tennis quite comfortably, uh, particularly if there are no Australians sort of late in the tournament and also if some of the big names aren't there. So we already know there's no Rafa Nadal. Andy Murray's already out. So um, it's sort of Djokovic or bust on the men's side of things. And the women, it's, it's a total raffle. It will change if Demonor, if Alex Demonor, if that's he is true. in the final... Yeah, that's true. The ratings true. will go through. That the is that is absolutely true. I just can't see how we can get that far. But yeah, yeah I'm can. Agree. I've got one last question for you, Whitey. Who is the player of the match in this test match? Is it Travis Head making a hundred when no one else in the match has made over fifty? Josh Hazelwood currently has eight wickets. Could get a ten for. Yeah, and then you got to throw in Shamar Joseph as well. He took yeah. five wickets on debut and made and smashed around thirty odd yep. when he batted as well. Look, I think for me, it's Travis Head because he's done what no one else has been able to do in the test match. I know you said that off the top men's, that what he's done, no one else has done, and it's it's sort of broken the test match. Yeah, completely agree with that, Bonds. Yeah, look, I agree 100% as well. Uh, no, I don't. I, I, if Hazelwood takes an A for If Hazelwood takes 12 for the match, he's player of the match. You'll disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> that's, well, you can, you, that's, what are you, a batter? 119 runs. It's no always, one else has scored over 50. It's always been it's a, a low scoring game. test match. It's always been a better game. Bowler's pitch. Yeah. Hey, Whitey, thanks for coming in. No, thank you. It's been appreciate great. appreciate it. And, it's uh, been really good. Yeah. Great to see your face in the studio. Excellent. And can and I say as well, yeah. uh, if we've got time, Daniel Menzel did seconds. such a great job on Sports Day Thank you. Uh, over the few weeks uh, through Christmas. He was a very, very good performer. Very enjoyable. Oh, fantastic. All right, uh, look, we've got to speak to this lady. Uh, let's talk to Megan Shoot. Sports Day SA. Don't stop on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEM SA. Men's, our next guest is brought to us by Toolkit Depot, your trade pro partner. Everything you need to get the job done, shop in-store or online. 
It is one of our greats. We are speaking to Megan Shute. Shooter, welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good intro. Oh, well, it's true. You are one of the great cricketers that this state has produced. And you're coming up on your 200th game for Australia, which is just outstanding. As a milestone, does that mean a lot to you? I don't know. I've been trying to reflect a little bit on that. I think think in a sense of being a a fast bowler, yes. But I think being a part of this team and having to played that many games in one of the most dominant teams ever, um, that's probably what makes it more special. I think 200 is, is a lot, but um, it's been 200 pretty special games amongst some pretty special people. So hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, nothing happens in between that time and, and I can tick off that milestone, but it's certainly not one that I ever saw coming. Yeah, and Shooter, you've played in some very good teams and uh, you take on South Africa at the Adelaide Oval on Saturday, February the 3rd. Now, you're going to be bowling to the likes of Laura Wolfhart, who obviously has played with you at the Strikers. So I just want to know, how much do you pick up in the nets, having been teammates with her in the BBL? Uh, Quite a lot. Me and Talia are very much so um, really good at being annoying and just getting in her ears. So pretty much towards the back end of the series, I remember specifically <laughs> Tally telling me she bowled her in the nets and was like, that's coming for you at the whacker. And <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that I love is just making sure that we just nip away. And we do remember like she, she uh, made some comment about not liking the looks of facing Cheadle. Um, and I was like, well, you know, we're probably going to pick her for the test at the whacker and just doing little comments to get inside her head before we've even played them. So I love it a bit since she's a great player, but at the same time, um, yeah, you've got to take note of your opposition, don't you? You certainly do. But just on the 200 games, which Bonds mentioned, women's cricket growth, not just through the financial and the money side, but the level of play, the standard, you've been there for a long time. The test matches against England and India in particular were really high quality. It's in a really good place at the moment, isn't it? It's wonderful. Um, I think that's been the best part of, of reflecting on, you know, possibly 200 games is from my first game to where it is now. It's a completely different game in, in every facet. I think the fielding is, is what stands out to me the most. I think absolutely elite now. Um, everyone's athletic and agile and just it is now the standard, what used to be, you know, the idea. Um, and that's what's really cool. But I think just the amount of work that goes into domestic cricket um, now, you know, we come home to our state programs and it's, it's smooth. The transition's perfect. We can know we can continue to work on our game and the resources that are there now. And I just think back to, you know, my first contract for Australia and how they only brought in contract state, you know, like eight years ago and how things have shifted so quickly. It's been really cool to be a part of. Yeah, the formats, let's talk about that. There's the T20 format, the ODI format, and more recently, girls are playing more test cricket. Um, what's your favourite format, and would you like to see more tests played? <laughs> uh, my favourite format's 50 over. Um, I think that, I mean, it's a bit controversial since people think it's, you know, a game that's dying. But, it is. Uh, you get every facet, you know, you kind of get a little bit of test-ish at the start, you know, of competitive balls moving, um, power play, so a little bit in it for the batters too. And then towards the back end, you get your T20 special swing and ding. So, um, uh, yeah, for me, 50 over is, is the, the pinnacle format of testing you out in every single area. But I think, you know, the girls want to play more tests. Personally, I mean, I don't want to play more tests as in physically, but I think that is where the game is going and that's where it should be going. So to see them putting in some resources and some time into producing more test match formats for us in these bilateral series is, is really cool. And I know that those girls 
feel very special to be wearing their baggy greens and you know I've I've done that and that is so special but my body is not taking test cricket anymore so <laughs> um, I'm not too mad about that one but it's really cool to see where the game is going and, and hopefully with some really good test matches that have been and hopefully another good one at the Wacker can really showcase why we want to play more of that format. Well Megan you're only 31 is uh, 300 games <laughs> on the card? God no. Um, <laughs> it's taken eleven years to get two hundred, so um, yeah, I, d- I don't foresee three hundred. I think I looked at Pez um, when she played her three hundred the other day, and I, I was like, "Geez, this girl does have at least another hundred in her," and that is incredible stuff yes. to me. Um, but I'm a bit more realistic, and um, also have you know a two and a half year old, so I missed enough of her childhood, and eventually got to give it up and, and start paying some more attention. So with a two-and-a-half-year-old, how do you go with playing again, around the world? But you, I guess your IPL experience with RCB, uh, we know that that competition in both men's and women's is going gangbusters at the moment. must be a real balance, but at the same time, a really cool experience for you. Yeah, it, it's a hard one. I think sometimes you've got to remind yourself to actually enjoy the experience when it is so hard being away from home. And, and I kind of thought as she got older, it might get easier um but it, it's kind of getting harder to leave so um yeah it's definitely probably shortened my career realistically more than what I thought it would um but thank god for technology really I mean she's at an age now she can really engage in FaceTime and and without that you know we we're away just before for Christmas and New Year's over in India and you know being away from your family at that time is really hard yet alone um your kids so it was it's tough but it is is the way of the future and there's so many cool tournaments and opportunities coming now that Hopefully, you know, once I finish playing proper Australian cricket, I can pick and choose a couple of those a year to to help boost the funds because God knows what I'm doing post-cricket. But um, it's really cool to see them popping up. It really is. Now, I mentioned at the start that you played in some very good teams. I want to ask about the Adelaide Strikers. They've gone back-to-back in the Big Bash in the women's competition. Why is has the team been so successful? And Bonds and I mentioned it when, when you won it. Probably the most reliable team in any sport at the time. You just know what your team's going to bring every week and you're going to be so hard to beat. Yeah, I'm, I love that summary. I think reliable is, is a really flattering term. Um, I think people thought that our predictability was going to make us easy beats in some sense. I know we came out of the draft and everyone was like, nah, strikers have made some poor choices. They don't look, um, you know, very, very good this year. And we also kind of love that underdog status as well. We're like, screw you. Like, it's all about balance. <laughs> and we, we knew what we needed, what we wanted, and we filled that role perfectly. So, um, yeah, the people who come in, slot in perfectly, transition well. But I think we just have a really well-balanced team. And we've had the same core for a very long time. Our domestic players have been with us for at least five years and, we know each other's game inside and out. You know, we're playing for a coach that we absolutely adore and that goes a long way. So, I don't know, we just we just get the job done. There's no big spectacle about us. We don't need, you know, a, a Laura Harris to try and hit it into the next stadium or that kind of stuff. And, you know, we just, I think that's what we spoke about throughout the entire tournament is every, te- every person contributes to a team and everyone did that in every single match. You mentioned that you're not sure what you're going to do after cricket. And I'm not about to retire you anytime soon, but do you see <laughs> do you see coaching in your future? Will you be you think coaching cricket will be a part of your life? Uh, I think in a smaller aspect, I, I don't really have any aspirations to to be a head coach um, or even assistant coach. We'll see where that wind takes me. But um, I, I'd like to do some form of cricket, whether that's you know just bowling coaching or fielding coaching a bit more privately. But I, I don't want cricket to be 
my life outside of cricket. So once I finish, I, I want it to remain a small part of my life and do a little bit on the side because I still absolutely love the sport and, you know, I want to give back to it. I, I want the next generation to, to know the work ethic and know what's needed to, to continue. But at the same time, I don't want to be living the life of not knowing your schedule, not really having control of it. So um, I think cricket will be involved in, in some aspect, aspect sorry, but I, I don't think it'll be my overall job. Shooter, congratulations on a, well, so far a magnificent career. The 200th game coming up, which is amazing. Uh, you guys play South Africa at the Adelaide Oval on February 3, and, and people can get tickets at ticketech.com.au. So uh, go and see our world champion Australian team, including this lovely lady, Megan Shoot. Thanks for joining us, Shooter. No worries. Thanks for having me. Take care, guys. Megan shoot there, men's what? A, she's a, she's an absolute superstar of the game, and to be part of the Australian team for so long, and when they've been so dominant in in every aspect, one hundred percent. That sums it up beautifully. There, she here's a couple of her accolades: Com Games gold medal at Birmingham, Birmingham twenty twenty two. She's been a World Cup winner in the T20 format three times, 2018, 2020, and 2023, and ODI World Cup 2013 and 2022. Now, I mean, you'd take one of them as a, as a cricketer. So she has done it all for such a long time as well at such a high level. And I loved her answer where she said that the group that they've had at the women's strikers team has been together for a number of years now, and they know how they all play, and they that way they can rely on each other. Isn't it just funny that it's evident in the men's competition yes. with the Scorchers yes. and the Sixers in particular yes. as well that that's where the success really comes from, and we're seeing it in both the men's and the women's format. It's been a great week, men's. It's uh, been good to be back, and we'll do it all again next week. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone, and go the Aussies. See you later. The all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.